It's Daily Thunder, thundering out the truth of Jesus Christ live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Now, here's Nathan Johnson. Well, if you have your Bibles, Psalm 124. Psalm 124. Uh, We've been walking through the Psalms of Ascent, and again, just as a reminder, the Psalms of Ascent were a whole collection of Psalms that they would typically say either as they were walking into the temple or as they were coming to Jerusalem for the festivals. Uh, they would, these are the ones that as they're climbing up the mountain of the Lord, uh, coming up to Jerusalem, uh, they would be quoting and singing um, all of these psalms. So <clears throat> this morning we're looking at Psalm 124, and uh, let me just read that, and then the, we're going to walk through that a little bit with you. Uh, so <clears throat> this is the psalm of ascent. ascent. Uh, this is the psalm of David. So Psalm 124 says this, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the flood would have overwhelmed us. The torrent would have passed over our lives. Then the surging waters would have gone over us. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us for a prey to their teeth. We have escaped as a bird out of the snare of the hunters. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Fascinating little psalm. Uh, Just looking at it from a structural standpoint, uh, I have broken into two major sections. Uh, If you have your Bibles, verses 1 through 5, I'm calling pondering God's protection. And then verses 6 through 8, I'm just calling praise for God's provision. Again, you can call it whatever you want. Uh, It's interesting. I just want to walk through this really quickly. But as you look at verse 1 and 2, there's a repetition in in the statements. Again, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us. And it's interesting what David is doing is he's basically looking back and saying, do you realize that God has done all this salvific work? God has really brought us out of all these problems. God has rescued us from the enemies. Here we are surrounded by all these countries who just detest us, all these peoples who are trying to destroy us, and yet God is the one who is continually bringing uh, restoration, redemption, salvation, help, all that kind of thing. And so he's looking back saying, wow, if God wasn't there, you realize we would have, had, we would have been in a host of problems. In fact, I actually liked what one of the scholars said. Uh, he calls this the what-if psalm. In other words, the whole psalm is, well, what if God didn't bring about restoration? What if God didn't rescue? What if God didn't, uh, what if he wasn't our help? Well, what if he didn't rescue? What if he didn't, right, we would have gone under. And so there's this reminding or this pondering of of the past protection which God has done. Which I just think is actually really neat. Now, as you look at verses 3 through 5, what David is doing is he's giving a whole bunch of metaphor. And it's all centering, the, the, the metaphor in verses 3 through 5, is centering on this whole idea of the floodwaters. And he's saying, hey, this whole floodwaters was coming in, and what, is, what did God do? God literally stopped all the floodwaters from overwhelming us, and he's literally brought redemption and help and salvation and hope and all that kind of stuff. And then what he says in verse 6 through 8 is he changes the metaphor and he begins to use this idea of a trap. And here this, here's this fowler, here's this hunter who's going after these birds, right? So here's this trap that's open, and we were about to step in it, and the, the, the trap was about to snap close, and what did God do? Oh, he broke, he, he, he broke the trap. He, he really allowed us to escape. 
We didn't fall into the plans and the trap that our enemies set. Uh, <clears throat> again, if you go back to the verse 3 through 5 idea uh, with the whole floodwaters, l- listen to the severity of, of how the psalmist talks about the fact that God has rescued us. Uh, in verse 3, he's saying that the waters would have swallowed us up. The idea is actually to devour us alive. Isn't that, a, isn't that intense language? <laughs> and I don't know about you, but uh, I enjoy water, but not if the water is going to devour and swallow me up. Uh, that seems a little bit more intimidating. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> verse 4, I was like, Daily Thunder started later. Hopefully you guys are awake, right? Uh, verse 4 has this idea that, hey, we were overwhelmed by the flood. And I don't know if you ever dealt with the flood stuff, but, but hey, here's all this water coming in, and, and, and the water is rushing quickly, and we're thinking, we don't actually have a lot of time to escape, right? It's, it's like a tornado. I, uh, Tennessee got hit with a tornado this last week, and it happened to be right in the same place that I used to live. And so I was contacting all my old friends and just said, hey, how are things going? And they're like, well, the, the Walmart's gone, and, uh, you know, hey, uh, the, uh, one of my buddies, he goes, our street was good, so we're safe, but the street right next to us is totally decimated. In fact, the three schools in the town are completely destroyed. And I mean, I mean, it was probably a pretty doozy of a tornado that happened like at one or two in the morning. You realize that's what the psalmist is talking about. It's, it's that kind of intensity where here's this flood that's coming in and we're about to be devoured and, and we didn't have warning, right? It just showed up. Oh no, what are we going to do kind of stuff? And the psalmist David says, yeah, if it had not been for God, we would have been decimated. If it wasn't for God rescuing us, we would have just been taken out. We would have been like Walmart. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> uh, verse 4 also has this idea of uh, the second half of verse 4 says this torrent of water, this, this rushing rapid kind of thing would have drowned us, right? And then verse 5 has this idea of the surging waters pouring over our lives. So you get this idea that the intensity, especially of this first metaphor of the flood stuff, is had God not been our rescuer, had God not stepped in, had God not saved, if God wasn't smack dab in the middle of our situation, hey, if he wasn't the one guarding and protecting, we would not have made it. Now, uh, I just found this really fascinating. Uh, the word there in verse 4 for flood, uh, the word actually is this idea of the wadi. And let me explain the wadi. So I have some pictures. Sorry for those who are listening on audio. Uh, in Israel, <coughs> on the backside of Jerusalem, there's these, of course, Jerusalem's up in the high mountains, and right on the backside of Jerusalem is, the, is this big uh, valley, this ravine. Uh, it's, a, it's a massive crevice uh, caused by the earthquake kind of stuff. And the, the, because the plates have shifted, the backside of Jerusalem is actually the lowest place on planet Earth, right? So you have the Dead Sea, which is the lowest body of water, right? You have like Jericho, which is the lowest city on planet Earth, right? And all of this is about a thousand feet below sea level. And so you have this massive, if you think about this, the, the mountains are about a, about a thousand, two thousand feet high or so, right? Then you have this major crevice, right? This Jordan Rift Valley that is, you know, a thousand or so feet below sea level. So you have this massive drop. <clears throat> now, what, the, what David is using, the imagery he's using, is this idea of the wadis. Hey, the flood is coming. It's about to consume us. And he uses this idea of, of the wadi. Now, you need to recognize that David, one of the places he ran to escape from Saul was the wadis. So in Gedi, when he talks about this idea that hey, here I am in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, right? He's, he has spent a lot of time in these places, right? So Psalm 64 isn't just like, wow, 
It's like I'm in a desert, but he is my water. No, he's in a place where he is in a desert, and there is no water except this one little tiny stream, right? And he's in the middle of these wadis. So he's using this imagery of the wadis to, des- to describe this massive destruction that the enemy has for us. So in the picture, you can see this little building here. It's, a, it's an old monastery, but it sits on this side of one of these crevices, right, where these, these mountain ranges where they had these deep uh, crevices. So what David is talking about then is here we are in the middle of this, this ravine. There's nowhere to run and hide, right? So if the water starts, if it starts to rain, now again, it's a desert, but if it starts to rain during the winter months here, you have these massive flash floods, like massive flash floods. And of course, the, the ground is so hard because it's so dry, it, the, the ground doesn't soak up any of the water, so the water just runs, right? So if you can imagine being in here, there's nowhere to run and hide, and then the water starts running, right? It starts, starts to rain, and so the river starts to flow. You suddenly have a major problem, <laughs> like you're going to die, right? And that's the imagery that David is using, right? So if you can imagine, and this doesn't look very intimidating. I, I get that, right? But the water's just starting to come, right? So the people are like, ooh, this is kind of fun. Right, let's take some pictures. But what you start to notice is that as the rain falls on these mountains, the only place for the water to go is down into these deep ravines. It suddenly fills up with several feet of water and then becomes this rapid, rushing river <coughs> that starts flowing down to the Dead Sea. And of course, there's only one place for it to go, which is downhill. And anytime you're in Israel, in the course of like between January and March and April or so, Right? If you're ever down in the Dead Sea region, one of the things you, you have to do every morning is check out, okay, what is the weather going to be like? And what's the potential of flash floods? And there's been several times where I've been over there, and we'll be in like Engedi, which is one of these big wadis, and they'll basically say, all right, uh, we're now done, so we have to leave. And you're like, excuse me, we just got here. It's bright sunny skies, and what's going on? They're like, well, there's a, a rain cloud the size of a man's hand 40 miles away, and we're a little intimidated. And you're like, Seriously? What's so intimidating about that? But you recognize if you don't get out in these, in these moments, a lot of times you don't get out. In fact, there's been many times where uh, the roads, of course, you know, the roads go across near the Dead Sea, and a lot of times they have these, uh, where these, these ravines, these wadis are at, they try to dig underneath the roads. But if the water is running fast enough, it takes the road. And there's been many times where these buses are flipped over, and, and almost every year someone dies from these flash floods. Right? Just because it's, it's not just a little water. It, we're talking massive <coughs> uh, water runoff kind of stuff. Right? We're talking major flooding. And it lasts for probably about five, ten minutes, and it's done. But in those five or ten minutes, well, it might be longer than that, right? Five or ten minutes of rain, right? But in those five or ten minutes, you've got this massive amount of water, water <coughs> that has to go somewhere. And so it just, it's flooding. That's what David's talking about. He says, do you realize <clears throat> that what our enemies are doing for us, what, what, what the enemies of, our, of, of this nation are trying to do is they're trying to press in, they're trying to, they're trying to destroy, they're trying to undermine, they're trying to whatever. But what has God done? He's rescued us from this. That, that here is this massive floodwaters coming, and what has God done? Stopped it. Right? So, so listen to this again. <clears throat> if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the flood, this wadi, would have overwhelmed us, and the torrent would have passed over our lives. Then the surging waters would have gone over us. 
Blessed be the Lord who has not given us for prey to their teeth. We've escaped as a bird out of the snare of their hunters. The snare is broken and we've escaped. Does that make sense? That, that hey, if God, if God didn't step in, now, if God didn't step in, wow, we would have been utterly destroyed. We would have been gone like a flood. We would have just been trapped like a little bird in a snare. By the way, just as a fun side note, uh, in Matthew chapter 7, when Jesus talks about, let me just read this really quick. I just think this is neat in light of all this. <clears throat> and you know this passage well. In fact, we sing it as a little kid. We have these cute little songs, right? But in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is talking about wadis. This is totally off track, but I think it's fascinating, so I'll still bring it in. But Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Jesus says, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Remember this song? And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it did not fall, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be likened to a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and its fall was great. Do you know what Jesus is actually referring to? The wadis. And he says, hey, do you know, do you know the easiest place to build a house? Down in the bottom. Down in the crevices. Why? You don't have to bring up materials up high. You, you can just, hey, just build your little house down on the bottom. And it looks really nice. It's rather easy. It makes it pretty convenient. But you realize the moment that the rains start coming down, your house is leaving. <laughs> so where should you build your house? Up on the top, right? Where there's actually rock, where the, where the rains are not going to disturb your house. Isn't that fascinating? That's just, that was bonus. <clears throat> so coming back to Psalm 124 then, as you're walking through this psalm, again, I just find it so fascinating that what David is doing is saying, do you realize who our God is? He is our rescuer. Do you know who our God is? He's our salvation. Do you know who our God is? He's the one who protects. Do you know who our God is? As David says throughout the Psalms, he's the horn of our salvation, that he is our buttress. He is our rock. He is our fortress, right? He is our strong hand. He's our deliverer. Why? Because he's, he's stopping all the stuff that is about to destroy our life. That's good news. For some of us. Uh, look at verse 8. David concludes this whole psalm by this incredible statement. <clears throat> he says, Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Do you realize where our help is? Our help is in the name of our Lord, who made heaven and earth. See, our help is not in yourself. See, our help is not in your own provision. Our help is not in your intellect. Our help is not in your good looks. Our help is not in whatever it may be, right? Our help is in one place. It is literally the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the, the maker of heaven and earth. That, that he holds all things in the palm of his hand. So we can trust him. We can actually just relax. We can just be like, you know what? I think he has this. Now, it doesn't mean the circumstance is leaving. We understand that. But, but he is literally the the buttress in the storm. He is our protection. He is our fortress in the midst of the battle that, that we can actually rest and reside and just relax in him because he is that. That, hey, 
even the enemies around you may be trying to destroy you. And, and yet, the floodwaters may be coming, but, but he is our help. He's our protection. He's our savior. And it's interesting, that word help, it's the word ezer. It's this idea in the, in the New Testament of, of it's our helper. It's the Holy Spirit. Then any thought that where's our salvation come from? Him. But here's even a better idea. I love this, love this thought. Our help is in the name of the Lord. And we've been talking about names lately, but you realize, again, name in the Old Testament wasn't just a name, right? A name meant something. It had this idea of character, nature, attribute, life kind of stuff. So our, our salvation, our help, is not just, not just in this name, it is, but it's not just a name. Like, our salvation is in the name of Bob, right? Bert. Bertha, Jaquita, whatever, right? It's, it's, not, it's not that we have the salvation in that sense. We have help in his name, meaning we have help in his character. We have help in his nature. We have help in his very life. But I was pondering this this morning. Isn't it interesting to think afresh of the fact that Jesus' name literally means help? It literally means salvation. God is salvation is what the name Jesus means in Hebrew. That in his name, we find salvation. That in his name, we actually find our help. In his name, it, it is a name. I'm not trying to downplay the name because the name is significant, right? At this name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. It's at this name that the demons have to flee. It is at this name. So the name is really significant. But it's not just a name like Bob or Josephine or whatever, right? The reason the name is significant is because the name is, is the identifier of the character and the nature of the individual. And so our salvation is not just in a name, a word. Our salvation is in a person where his character and his nature is that of salvation. Do you know what Jesus is in the business of? Salvation. That's good news for us, right? And we're not just talking the bump your head on the altar one time and I'm saved kind of salvation. We're talking about the fact that his business is salvation every moment of every single day. Because I don't know about you, but yes, I'm saved. But I need his salvation today. And tomorrow, guess what? I'm going to need his salvation. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to need his rescue from just the stuff of the world. So you're going to recognize then that, that how, how, hey, the world is coming after us like a flood. Hey, hey we're, about to, we're about to drown. Hey, we're about to be overwhelmed. Hey, some of you are heading home. And hey, there's this, there's this bait to ponder this idea of like, well, if I go home, I'm going to drown. If I'm going to go home, I'm not going to make it. If I, if I, if I go home, I'm going to be consumed. In fact, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm heading home to where it's a trap, and the moment I get home, it's just going to snap, and it's going to destroy me. Not if he's your salvation. See, our help, our salvation, our hope, our rescue, our peace is in him. Because he is our peace, he is our rescue, he is our help. Even his name means salvation. So I don't know what it is that you're going through, but do you realize that, that your victory and your triumph is found in one place? Jesus. Your hope and your assurance and your confidence is to be found in one place? Jesus. And isn't it interesting as, as here's all these Jews who are coming up the mountain of Jerusalem, what they were reminding themselves is, you know, if God hadn't stepped in, had God not been our rescuer, had God not been the one who helped us, we wouldn't have made it. Do you recognize that that's true in your life? That if it wasn't for Jesus, you were going under. 
If, if it wasn't for Jesus, hey, you're going to drown. I think it was Charles Wesley who said it. He said, uh, one moment without Jesus and I become a devil again. That is a true statement. That, hey, if, if, he, if he isn't working in my life, hey, I am, my life, what, what good is my life? I just, I revert back into myself and I become selfish and arrogant and, and just. So I need him every moment of the day. Right? We, we sing the songs, I need you, every moment I need you, but do we actually mean that? Because reality is we do. That we need his salvation. We need his help. Otherwise, we're, we're going under. The floodwaters are coming. The, the world is trying to press its agenda in your life. Hey, all this junk, all the enemy, all the... But there's no need to fear because we have a salvation. We, hey, there's no need to, to worry or fret. Why? Because we have hope. But will we trust him? And will we allow him to do the work of salvation? Will we allow him to be our help? So in light of that, let me just give you a few verses. And there's no order to this. I'll just, but I'll just read them really quick. L- just listen to the tenor of Scripture in this manner. 1 John 5, 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. Isn't that awesome? It's not you're going to take the victory. He's going to go before you, and he's the one going to be fighting for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that which is common, which is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Hey, the flood of temptation is coming after you. How are you going to survive? You better hold on to your rock, the one who is your salvation. John 16, 33. Jesus says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, in the world, you will have tribulation. Isn't that awesome? It's guaranteed. <laughs> Congratulations. You're going to have problems. Some of you more than others. But hey, guaranteed, you're going to have some problems. But take heart, says Jesus. I have overcome the world. Isn't that awesome? doesn't matter what you're facing. Again, it's not that I have Jesus in my life and it suddenly removes all my problems. It's I get Jesus in the midst of my problems. And when Jesus is in the midst of my problems, the world begins to see what a Christian actually looks like facing the difficulties and the trials and the pressures, and it becomes a testimony and it, glor- it glorifies God. It declares who he is. That's awesome. Uh, Ephesians 6, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Don't be strong in your might. Be strong in his might. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. Psalm 3.8, salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. Are you getting this? Uh, Romans 8, 31. Uh, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, hey, the, the whole world might be coming against us, and hey, all the floodwaters may be trying to consume, and, and, and hey, the fowler has set his trap. But hey, we've got God on our side. And if God is on our side, hey, there's no need to fear. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Romans 8, 37 through 39. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We've said this before, but you, you understand what a conqueror is, right? We're talking about like Napoleon. We're talking about Alexander the Great. And Paul says, do you recognize that in Christ, you're actually more than a conqueror? You're actually greater than Napoleon. You're greater than Alexander the Great. Why? Because you actually have the conqueror in your life. So, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you realize that if it wasn't for him, we would have drowned? If it wasn't for him, we would have been consumed. If it wasn't for him, hey, we would not be able to make it. And that's not just true for the Israelites back in the day. This isn't just true for David. Right? This is true for us. That he is our hope. He is our salvation. He is our peace, our rescuer, our strong tower. What would it look like if we lived in light of that? See, what if we actually recognize that this isn't just, you know, tip our hat to Jesus on Sundays and smile and, you know, go through the Christian phrases and know when to stand up and when to sit down. And what if this actually was true? And what if in the midst of the floodwaters, what if in the midst of the tornadoes of life, what if, what if in the midst of the difficulties, see, what if in the midst of all the hardships and pain and agony, we can actually have some peace and rest and calm in the midst of that? And again, it's not a removal from the circumstance, but it is having life in the midst of it. Why? Because our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Is that true in your life? Let's pray. Lord, <clears throat> Lord, we don't want to be our own help. Lord, we don't want to be our own rescuer. We don't want to be our own salvation. I mean, the best that we can pull off is filthy rags. So, Lord, we recognize that, that we can't do this. That this is not about us. This is all about you. And, Lord, if it wasn't for you, the floodwaters would have consumed. The, the trap that the, the fowlers set we, we would have destroyed us. But, Lord, because of you, we have escaped. Because of you, we have found our feet planted upon a solid rock. And we're not pushed around by the winds and the waves. Because we have hope and salvation in you. Lord, would you make that reality in our life? Lord, for the students who are re returning home this, this week, Lord, I, I pray that they would find themselves not being pushed around by the winds and the waves and the traps set by the enemy, but they would find rescue and hope and victory and triumph because your word says that you have made us more than a conqueror in you, that salvation belongs to you, the victory is yours, and Lord, our position is in you. So, Lord, the flood, wa flood waves don't have to push us. And, yeah, it's not that they just suddenly go away. I, I, I understand that, Jesus. The enemies of our, of our soul are still trying to take us down. I, I get that. But we can be immovable in you. We can be steadfast in you. We can have hope in you. That we can experience peace in you. And so, Lord, I pray that whatever we're dealing with, whatever the circumstances may be, whatever the temptations seem to be consuming, Lord, would you remind us that it is in your name, not just your name, but your life, your character, your nature, that we find our salvation. 
because in fact your name means salvation. And so Lord, we repent of all the places that we've been trying to seek hope, rest, peace, solace, if it wasn't you. Lord, we want to turn from anything that we've been trying to grab a hold of and hope that it would be our salvation. And rather, we want to fully embrace you. Although we don't want to turn to some false things, we, we don't want to turn to some stick that we, we see coming out of the floodwaters and hope that some stick will save us when there's a rock available. Lord, we want to place our trust fully upon you. We want our hope to be fully upon you. And Lord, we do ask that you would guard and protect those who are going home. We ask that you would let them be a picture in this generation of what a man or a woman of God is supposed to look like. Lord, we pray that how they think, how they talk, how they act, even the motives of why they do things would just be a reflection of the realities of heaven. That this wouldn't just be for them or their prestige or their popularity or, or their renown, but this would all be about you. Because this is all from you and through you and to you for your praise, for your glory, for your renown. Because truth be told, Jesus, if it wasn't for you, we would be nothing. If it wasn't for you, we would be destined for hell. If it wasn't for you, the floodwaters would have consumed. If it wasn't for you, we would have been caught in the snare. But we do have you. So Lord, we thank you. We praise you for who you are and all that you're doing. Lord, we thank you for these last five weeks and we thank you for these next five weeks. Whether we're staying here or whether we're going home, Lord, we praise you and we thank you that your work in our life is not finished. It's not complete. It has only begun. And Lord, we fully entrust ourselves to the one who is our salvation. We love you. We just give you the praise and the glory in your precious, powerful name we pray. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily weekdays at 8.15 a.m., and weekends at 9.15 a.m. Join us at live.ellersley.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellersley campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.